Welcome to Our Next Existence by Katie and the Chorus. I'm Katie, former technology strategist turned reluctant spiritual medium, and I channel messages from the Chorus, a group of beings just beyond our sensory perceptions who are loving, expansive, and who greatly enjoy sharing their perspective of us. Join us each week as we share and discuss their ideas about humanity's existence, purpose, and future. Concepts you can draw from to accelerate your path, expand your perceptions, and ultimately step into the flow of the universe and your life. Does anyone else feel like they're playing hide-and-seek with their brain? <laughs> it's Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not, but I think... I'm getting better at seeing it. I was just driving back from the grocery store. I had to do another grocery pickup because somehow we've already eaten all the groceries from the last pickup two or three days ago. (laughs) Has that happened to you? It's like, where did the groceries go? (laughs) So, you know, it was unplanned, but we need the food. So I went out and I get to groceries and I'm driving back. And as I'm driving, I'm thinking about all the things I need to get done. When I get home, unload the groceries, then I got to go do this. Then I can't forget that today. And I wonder if that's going to happen. And my shoulders just start tightening. (laughs) My neck muscles. I feel like everything's starting to, you know, get tense. And there used to be a time when I would say, I'm stressed about all the things on my list. My list is too long. And now I know that it's actually about time. That no list is too long if you have an infinite amount of time. (laughs) Time wins. Time trumps list every time. It's a lot of times, but you know what I mean. It's never about the stuff because if you had an endless amount of time, all of that could get done. So it's like, I see you. (laughs) Once you see it, once you see the belief, it can't plague you in the way it did. So as I'm thinking there about my list, I said to myself, what if I had the next two weeks to get all of that done? And even as I just accessed that thought, It was like the tension in my body just stopped. Like I felt it. As I accessed an idea of infinite time in a place from a perspective that previously I might not have been able to even catch that idea in the middle of that stressed out place. As soon as I saw it, as soon as I saw the belief that was really activating And I looked at it, its power just sort of neutralized. And I still saw it. I still validated it. I still could run out of time to do all the things I needed to. Or it might all work out. Some of the things that we feel we are running out of time to do, we might feel that way because we are rapidly catching on to a new idea about time. In the first part of the episode, you'll hear directly from the chorus themselves, and then afterwards we will discuss. 
and we have plenty of time. What is the human journey? We like this concept that you have of a voyage, a distance that you travel. In your exploration of self, in your exploration of your planet, in your progress as a civilization. How far back do you think this human journey extends? It was not that long ago, by our view, that humans did not have this concept of themselves and of their change. That you had not yet perhaps recognized or created as many concepts and phrases to describe change in your understandings, your expressions, your abilities, and the extent of the universe with which you interact. Thus, you are forming an opinion or a way of describing something, this journey, as you are awakening, by our perspective, to the memories, to the journey that you have been on. Humans of this day and age largely, reflect upon humanity as a particular type of physical form, you could say. You identify your species, often, by your physical characteristics. And, similarly, you identify yourselves and each other by these same physical characteristics. You know by now that we view your mind-body instrument as a whole, as a unit, as a dynamic, interconnected expression of the energy with which you resonate, the belief systems that you create, and the five senses by which you perceive your reality. Thus, when you identify yourselves by the physical format that you take, to us you are doing nothing more than seeing your own reflection of your own beliefs which you constructed. As we have suggested, there are other ways to define life, to understand its characteristics, its objectives, its purposes. And one of those ways might be by the beliefs themselves. Therefore, beloved ones, could there be times in your history in this journey of humanity, when you might not have looked the same way that you look today? Does your journey here start the minute you began to look humanoid as you see yourselves in this day and age? Or could there be a longer and much larger arc which encompasses many different versions of these beliefs of limitation that you have embodied? 
and the many versions and variations of physical format that reflected those beliefs. You see, we are not limited in the same way by eyesight. We see much more of what a being is and encompasses across many wavelengths. And thus, when we look at you, we see many colors, many versions, many formats, many experiences that were expressed in different ways on your five senses. But also, to us, beyond or perhaps underneath all of these different caricatures, all of these different avatars, you could say, that you chose or experienced, is an underlying current of what you are. Your unique frequency, as we have spoken about before, is inviolable, impenetrable, unshakable. It is the essence of what you each are. It lies beyond, if you like to think of it that way, all of these beliefs, all of these experiences that you have held closer to the pure frequency of you as an invincible, entirely unique expression of creation. And also, if you would like to understand more about, perhaps, your family, your neighborhood, those of you who share characteristics, things in common, you could look at the physical formats currently expressed on the five senses by each of these beings and say to yourselves, we look like them, we must be like them. And from another equally valid perspective, you could feel further into the uniqueness of what you are and thus recognize in others more of what they are and believe and resonate that goes far beyond what you might see with your eyes. Your family is vast. Far, far more vast than any human has yet had an opportunity to imagine or remember. You are just coming to these things, beloved ones, no matter your position in the game the longing that you have felt for deeper connections goes beyond your current relationships to all the many ones that you are starting to perceive or perhaps perceive again, to all the many ones who have been interested in you all and what you have been doing here, and to all the many ones who wish to be with you By this viewpoint, how incredibly large your family becomes. What an incredible way to exist, where, as you travel, as you voyage, as you continue on your human journey, you find that rather than encountering more and different and strange places, you discover 
a growing sense of familiarity, an expanded sense of understanding, a deepening and widening connection to all that is. And then in each place, you recognize a deeply felt sense of home. For home is not an individual place. It is an energetic connection. And your connections are broadening. So much so that one day you will be able to recognize others, to know them, to understand them, with an ease and an effortlessness that goes far beyond the constraints of time. Much as we recognize every single one of you. We love you infinitely. covered the human journey change memories five senses sight our physical format and avatars how vast our family is a new understanding of our sense of longing an energetic definition of home and talking about familiarity as a recognition that goes beyond time I mean, rewind that and listen to that summary again. And it's, it's brain bending. It's often what it feels like when you talk to them. It's, it's brain bending. And that's true because it is a felt sense of an energy that is beyond the classical limits of our five senses belief systems. We feel that. We feel that in the expansive way that they talk about a topic and suddenly it feels broader than we had considered it to be before. And that's the contrast between the place we're coming from and the place where they are and seeing it, seeing the distance. But there's something else, maybe more specific we could say or different way of looking at that brain-bending facet, which is that they are also bending our rules of time. Now, as we've talked about sporadically in season one and then also in the first book, the book of human awakening, there is a sort of group consensus about how much you can get done in a period of time. Because this was a big aspect of maintaining our limitation. If it takes so long to grow food, and there's really not much we can do about it, it keeps us locked into certain cycles or a certain pace 
or certain habits that we have to fulfill in order to survive. By their view, then, technology and the pace of our societies can be looked at from a variety of different angles. But one of those angles is that it is actually our softening of our resonance with beliefs about time. Meaning there's any number of ways you could look at our ability to access knowledge on the internet or make video calls with people on the other side of the world. But one way of looking at it is that it circumvents the time that those things used to take. You used to have to drive down to a library and rummage through boxes and books to get an answer to something. And now you can just log on to a device. Often those devices are in our pockets and get an answer. It's faster. You used to have to take a long journey to get to the other side of the world not even by airplane, I mean previously by boat, in order to talk to someone way over there. And now you can log on to a video call or a phone call and talk to that person in a split second. It's faster. And so as you listen to them, you could say, well, they pack in a lot of different concepts and it's so broad and it's so vast and it's ways I had never thought about it before. Katie, it blows my mind and sometimes I have to put the book down and come back to it later. And that is true because, again, it is a felt sense of an energy that is more expansive than where we have been, have been purposefully. And after a certain amount of time experiencing them, what happens is that our belief systems say, whoop, you're accelerating a little too fast even for this pace of awakening. Our five senses belief systems sort of call us back into the game to keep things balanced. As we've talked about before, it is an expansion from this point of limitation. It is not an ejection from it. (laughs) So as you go into expansive frequencies, there will often be a balancing effect after a certain period of time where you need to sort of re-enter into the beliefs of limitation. And that may sometimes function as, I just can't listen to this anymore. I got to take a break. I got to put this book down and come back to it later. Or, whoa, I need time to integrate that. Or I got to go ground myself somehow. These are all ways of balancing the aspects of us that continue to be resonant in the five senses from which we are expanding. And so if we were going to name it a little more specifically, one of the beliefs, one of the core fundamental underlying framework of this whole thing type beliefs that they are bending as we come into contact with them is the belief in what amount of information or expansion or perspective change can be achieved in a period of time. In eight or nine minutes, they can cause, I guess you could say, reflect perhaps in us, sometimes a very drastic shift in perspective. Now, historically, from the five senses viewpoint, those sorts of shifts might have taken a great deal more time. So a lot of life lessons adding up, a lot of pain or struggle years of studying something perhaps, 
in order to get to sort of that new perspective. And what the chorus is able to do from vaster wavelengths is sort of accelerate into that next perspective in a split second. It's all very fast where they are. It's all very immediate where they are. And we sense that as we listen to them or as we read their words. And so really what we're sensing is, whoa, that was quick. (laughs) I had a perspective five minutes ago and now that perspective has totally changed. And the chorus brought up change at the very start of their message today. And they used a term that I think we might all be familiar with, even if we don't use it on a daily basis, which is the human journey. Now, what they played with when they brought up our concept, as they would say, of the human journey, is that we understand it as a trajectory of change. That when we talk about a journey or someone's journey, often, especially when it's like an internal journey, an interpersonal journey, or a relationship or perspective has changed. That's really what we're using that phrase to talk about is the change itself. Yes, we often talk about the things that happened on our journeys, but really we're only talking about those things to illustrate or describe or maybe prove the change that has happened over the course of our journeys. So the course said, hey, we like this concept because that means you guys are already understanding and identifying and seeing this track, this ongoing change, meaning your perspective is already broadening enough that you could look out over a portion of your life and string it together. You see change because you are changing. You recognize what change is. You can see change over longer stretches of your life. All in all, your perspectives are broadening to the extent that you even have this concept of a human journey and all the change that something like that might encompass. Now, from the chorus's perspective, change is a representation in our reality of new energy. Oftentimes, when things are predictable or static and unchanging, that is because it is locked into a cycle of our recurring beliefs often, not always, or also it is cyclical and repeating in a way that is diminishing the new ideas or infinite perspectives that we would otherwise hold if we weren't resonant in the five senses belief systems. Now, as we've talked about before, often change will come across to a human as chaotic. Even sometimes for some humans, very small changes can feel like chaos, depending on how deeply enmeshed they've been in these sort of cyclical belief systems. Now, some of us might say, Katie, I don't know. I feel like my life changes all the time. Sometimes I've lived in this city and sometimes I've lived over here and every day is different. I never know what my clients are going to need or things like that. And that's true. But also remember from the chorus's perspective that they would view a pace of change as potentially altering ourselves, our environment or our lives or anything like that billions of times per second. Now that kind of speed is not often a kind of speed that we maintain. (laughs) 
We don't change our physical formats, as we talked about, with our mind-body instrument billions of times per second. And if we did so, we might experience a crisis of identity because we define much of our identity upon our five senses manifestations, our bodies, what we look like, as the chorus pointed out today. And not only would we have a crisis of identity, but other people would too. (laughs) It's probable that many of our friends and family would not immediately recognize us if we completely changed our physical formats. Now, might they over time? Yes, they would. In fact, this is a storyline that we have been circulating among ourselves in recent decades in particular, where we change our format and are still somehow recognizable by those who love us. This is a perfect reflection of what the Chorus has often talked about, which that love is a cessation of participation in beliefs of the five senses, meaning you are allowing more of the infinite perspective to come through to you. And so this would make some sense. If I change my physical format and you love me, there is a good chance that you will not be as distracted by my changes in physical format. There will still be a part of you that continues to see and recognize the being that I am. Now, the chorus was making a secondary point today about the way that we recognize ourselves. They were building upon this belief that we've already been talking about with our connection to not just what we see with our eyes or perceive with our five senses, but also sort of the need for it to remain static. <laughs> we, we need it to look similar or the same in order to recognize it. Otherwise, it takes time for us to learn to recognize in new ways those things. And this is what they're sort of starting to allude to today and this season. All the many ways that our concept of time and linearity have played together in limiting us, you could say, but also that these things are sprinkled throughout all other sorts of beliefs. They're tied in sort of everywhere we look. So here it is with regard to recognizing someone else's physical format but it's not that simple because it's also related to time. I'll give you another example that has to do with identity and time. And they talk about this or starting to a little bit in the second book. By their view, humans often have strong connections of identity to the ways that we define time. Now, these things are all so interconnected. So I'm making artificial delineations here on purpose to make a point. But of course, time is also often tied to time and place, right? These things go together. Our physical perception of what what was or what is in that period of time is largely how we define the period of time. So if you came up to me and you said, hey, Katie, I'm in the year 2050, That would not mean much to me until you started to describe things that I could perceive with my five senses in that time period. So I would say, well, where are you? And you might say, I'm in California. And then I would say, well, what does it look like? 
What do you hear? What do you say? What do you do? What are the buildings like? What are the people like? What are the cars like? And I would start to construct a meaning about that period of time based upon what you and I can perceive of that time with our five senses. Often we construct our identities based upon our experiences on the five senses over the course of periods of time. This is probably readily understandable by many of us. So think about all the times that really define who you are. So maybe there were pivotal moments as a child that stand out to you. Maybe there are pivotal moments in your recent era, however you define that. I don't know, the last decade, the last five years. Maybe you've had a really crazy last year or two years that, that seems to have really pivoted your identity in a new direction. Maybe one that you felt all along was inside of you, but now it's really becoming palpable in a way that's accelerated. Now, often we will attach in a way to that identity based upon those experiences we went through. So the course would say, okay, who are you without any of those experiences? Let's pretend none of that has ever happened. Let's pretend there's nothing here beyond this moment in time. You have no childhood. You have no crazy experiences traveling or vivid memories of terrifying times when you finally got up on stage or made a presentation or got the nerve to apply for that job or talk to that person. None of that. Let's say none of that exists. And you're just here in this moment of time and you have suddenly appeared into the physical format that you are now sitting there in. Who are you? And most humans will have a hard time answering that question because our entire reality has been woven into the fabric of time and experiences that happen on a concept of linear time that add up to the definition of us. And some humans will actually feel a little freaked out (laughs) even by this question even by the suggestion that their identity cannot be associated with points in their past will feel deeply unnerving to some humans. And that is our belief system's connective power to the limitations of linear time. Meaning, it was really hard for us to identify ourselves in any other way because that's what we wanted. We used the barriers of linear time to limit ourselves, to not see what we could be beyond this reality. For this reality to seem like that's all there was and there was nothing else out there. So how could I possibly have an identity when you strip away the five senses details of this reality? And this is what the chorus got into next. They said, Well, actually, you have a unique frequency. You're the only one of you in all of creation. Creation has a power that is so beyond 
anything we could imagine, that we struggle to even understand what uniqueness truly is. It would be very hard for a human to come up with infinitely evolving ways that all of us are infinitely unique for all of time. No redundancy, no repetition, ever. Repetition and redundancy are our concepts. They were part of how we limited ourselves. That whole experience where you create something and someone created something just like it, (laughs) you can only do that here. (laughs) Where we have mountains and galaxies of beliefs about finiteness, insufficiency, mistakes, only so many possible outcomes on the five senses too. Do you see? A lot has to contribute in order to create something that looks like a mistaken copy. When you walk into a party and you're wearing basically the same outfit as somebody else there, that can only happen here. (laughs) Elsewhere in the universe where the chorus is, there are so many infinite possibilities of comportment and appearance and So much that's beyond just putting fabric back over our physical formats over and over and over again, that the chorus thinks it's a little bit funny that we not only can do this with each other, but that how do we respond? We don't like it. Up until recently, perhaps, where now we're starting to think it's a little funny and we'll take pictures with each other and we'll be like, oh my gosh, look how much we look alike or I can't believe we wore the same outfit. That is an intensely recent development. Up until now, it infuriated us or disappointed us or upset us that we were looking so much like or creating so much like someone else. And that in and of itself is a recent development because before that, it didn't surprise us at all. That we would look alike, act alike, view everything alike, agree on everything, that each day was much like the others, was not a surprise and was just life. And so now look how far we've come. We're not only have we moved past, perhaps often, the anger or the disappointment and looking so much or creating so much like someone else, and instead are starting to find a little bit of amusement in it, <laughs> a little bit of something funny, and also a recognition that. There is something about uniqueness, isn't there? There is something about feeling special, about a level of self-expression that delights us every second that we are able to express ourselves in that pure way. We sense this because this is the way we are going. And you could say it's because There's new energy coming in and there's lots of new creations and new ideas. And yes, 
That's all true. And those are all five senses manifestations. And also, you could say, it's because our beliefs of time are softening. There's been a recurrent theme that's been coming up a lot lately. And maybe it has something to do with where I am. Or maybe it has something to do with where we all are. But over and over again lately, I have heard people mention how they are feeling like new places or new people feel familiar to them. One friend was mentioning recently how often now she can go out to the store or just to places around town and she will catch a glimpse of someone else in the store or driving by and she will be certain that she knows that person. And she doesn't know from where or sometimes she guesses. Sometimes she feels like she suspects. Sometimes where that person seems to be known from is very clearly in our reality. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it feels like a past life. Sometimes it feels like a past place. Maybe not even on our earth place. I was cruising around on Facebook the other day and I saw more posts about the same. Someone saying that her and her daughter now recognize people wherever they go. I was having a conversation with another friend about how they had traveled to a new place that they had never been before. And they get there and they know where everything is. They hardly need to use a map. It just feels known. And then recently, very recently, my family and I traveled to a state that I have been in before, but another part of it entirely. And we drive down to this city where we're going to stay to vacation by the ocean. And as we approach the city, you know how normally you get like this thrill of excitement about like, what could it be? It's all new. I'm going to look out the window. I'm going to see all of it. (laughs) I was glad to be there, but there was no thrill. There was no like butterflies in my stomach, perhaps, of the unknown of what it was going to be like. It was so neutral. It was so calm that I almost thought to myself, well, I don't think this is going to be the vacation I thought it would be. (laughs) Like without the fear, without the flutters of excitement, I actually didn't think it could be exciting. Which kind of made me wonder what excitement really is. So we continue into the city and we get into our Airbnb, which was also strangely known. It felt like my grandparents' house, maybe. Felt like places I had been before. In fact, it felt like a combination of all the places I had been before. (laughs) I was like, oh, it's like this from this state and that from that state and then this from this other state kind of all mashed into one neighborhood. (laughs) I had many explanations for why things were feeling familiar. And then as the week wore on, it was almost strange to me how much I recognized in each place that I went 
something that felt like I already knew it. On the one hand, it was sort of comforting. On the other hand, it was sort of unsettling and maybe even a little disappointing. Because <laughs> I think when you go on a vacation, you want to see something new, really new. And instead, I felt like I understood all these places that we were going. And I wasn't sure if I was thrilled or disappointed. Today, the chorus gave us a definition of home, which they simply said in the way they often do, that home is our felt sense of an energetic connection. Simple as that. When we feel an energetic connection with a place, our perception of that is a sensation that we call feeling like home. And when we meet another and we feel like that relationship or that friendship feels like home, that is our felt perception of our energetic connection with them. But as usual in our reality, for the purposes of what we constructed here, these things are not entirely disconnected from everything else and every other belief. In fact, they are often affected by time. Prior to now, it took us a much longer period of time to connect with a place or a person or a group of people or a neighborhood. You had to live in a place for years to develop that felt sense of home. We felt like strangers in new places for longer periods of time. And now, as we are beginning to accelerate, we find that felt sense of comfort in more and more places, and not only in more places, but also in shorter and shorter spans of time. I can arrive in a city and within the first 10 minutes feel like I already know it. You can pass somebody else by at the grocery store and in a split second feel like you must somehow know them. It is, in part, our expansion into greater understandings of what we each are, which allows us to see more of what others are around us. And also, it is in part due to our softening beliefs about time. More and more in our societies and in our day-to-day -day lives, we believe things could happen quickly. There could be a sudden understanding, a breakthrough technology, a miracle cure. There can be surprises and synchronicities. These words represent our growing integration of the idea of these possibilities into our day-to-day -day lives. Miracles are no longer reserved for once in a century. Sometimes it can be a miracle in your day how perfectly you needed to get into a busy place and someone canceled right as you arrived and they had a spot for you as soon as you walked in. Now, what's interesting is often 
as we move into those places of sudden felt recognition and familiarity, we will still look for, in a way, a five senses explanation for why we must be so familiar with that thing or that place or that person. Often, this relates to other storylines or other timelines that we have held consciously and how we think those things are explaining where we are right now. So when I drove into that new city and felt pretty quickly a very strong sense of familiarity, my five senses brain, you could say, went into overdrive. (laughs) And I started assessing the way everything looked and sounded and was laid out and started comparing it to all the other five senses manifestations I had ever experienced before and said to myself, oh, surely this is why, because I have been in these three other cities many times and there's so much about those other three cities that is here in this new one. For a while, this gave me a greater comfort with my sense of familiarity. It softened the disappointment. (laughs) It was like, oh, okay, I guess I understand why I'm not so excited to be here because it is kind of like these other three places. It explained in a five senses way what I was feeling. However, as the week went on and we drove around, I realized that my quick dismissal of how this whole city looked and felt and was laid out was like every other city I had been in before was actually blinding me in many ways to how the city was actually different or interesting or surprising or beautiful in ways that did not actually align to the perfect combination of other five senses things that I had used to explain the way I was feeling. And once I got to this point, I was a little lost. (laughs) How could a city that was actually new feel so familiar to me? It was disturbing. And I found that without a five senses explanation for the feeling, I felt disconnected. And not just from the city, but a little bit from myself. I began to question everything I'd ever felt. I began to question my direction in life. (laughs) I began to question whether or not I should live there or should I go back or why did it feel familiar or where had I always dreamed of living and did that dream feel like this? Suddenly there was a very palpable schism between what was happening in the present moment that I was perceiving and sort of a shortfall an inability of my five senses manifestations to explain all the ways I was feeling. It was familiarity without cause. I'll give you an example that's perhaps becoming more common. And I won't even classify it. You might say it's more new age, but I don't know. I think it's just becoming more commonplace (laughs) depending on what you're perceiving. So let's say you're passing someone in the grocery store and you're walking down the aisle and you just feel like you know them. And maybe it gives you chills all over your body or maybe it's just deep somewhere inside of you. It's It's just known. It just comes from that knowing place. 
I would bet that within a matter of seconds to minutes, your mind will give you a reason for that sense of knowing. You may say to yourself, oh, I must have seen them at this grocery store before, thereby invoking the current reality and situation. If the felt sense of familiarity is very strong, however, it might be difficult for you to explain why you feel so familiar with that person when all you've done is perhaps passed them a few times before. So then, your mind might start reaching further out for other explanations. And you might say, oh, maybe they were another parent on that soccer team. Maybe I saw them at that party I was at that whole night a couple months ago. Now, you could define those plausible explanations by way of the five senses. They each happened in different places. They were each groups of people that were different. And there might be many ways you could define them that way. But what has actually happened is that your brain, (laughs) our belief system, has invoked a longer period of time through which you must have known them. As opposed to just passing them in the store, now you perhaps have spent an entire soccer game on the side of the field beside them or an entire evening at a party with them. But if your felt sense of familiarity goes even further, your mind might also try and come up with different explanations. And this is where some of us have already started to experience these things. Some of the explanations that our belief systems allow for right now are potentially past lives. Something that reaches beyond our current reality into something that is felt perceived to be possible, but may not always be totally remembered. And in that case, you would say, I think I knew him or her in a past life. Now, again, the details of that life may be a little cloudy, (laughs) unless you remember all of your lives, which may be happening. But really, The substance of the response from the belief system has more to do with lengthening the stretches of time that you must have been acquainted with this person to explain the deeply felt sense of familiarity. So in a way, our belief systems marvelously limited our perceptions of self beyond what we had defined here by tying our identity to linear time and also by tying our ability to know and to become familiar with others to linear time as well. There may be cases in which you are passing someone in the store and you are remembering other manifestations in this reality that you have shared with that person. However, much like the city that I started to go into and understand in a deep, familiar way, you might be deterring your perspective of more of what they are in that moment by way of your mind's steady explanation for how you could possibly feel that way. As you continue to move forward in these growing senses of familiarity, 
you may find that the explanation starts to matter less and less and the being, the person, that is right in front of you in that present moment, feeling so familiar, has much more to explain, to demonstrate, to show, to connect to in the present moment than any of the explanations for how you feel that way could ever provide. It is a shift. It is a difference between that present moment perception into which we continue to expand and see more of ourselves and the person we feel familiar with versus the belief systems that artificially constructed and limited our ability to explain and to feel those types of connections. What the Course is suggesting today is that familiarity is not rare. It was rare here, where we created a powerful experience of isolation and of being alone, of mystery, of unknownness, of repetition and redundancy. As we expand beyond these beliefs and what we powerfully created, we may find that we know and connect to so much more than we, to use their words, could have even imagined from this perspective. Said another way, friends, there are going to be so many people and beings and places that you will know instantly as soon as you perceive them, whether by the five senses or on energetic wavelengths too. Your ability to expand into more of the universe is accelerating. It won't take the time it used to. You won't have to study maps, take tours, spend hours and days over lunches and conversations. You won't have to scour the internet. It'll be known by you, received fully by you instantaneously. And if you sit with this for a minute, something inside of you might then ask, but if I'm no longer spending time getting to know people and places, if I can just arrive and see them instantly and continue to see more of them, what do I spend all my time then doing? And that may be one of the best questions we've asked yet. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you found these messages to be helpful. May they accelerate you on your path wherever you'd like it to go. For more information on our book, The Book of Human Awakening, to shop our store, or to get in touch with The Chorus and I, visit katieandthechorus.com. Thanks again. See you next time.